Selena wants to know when it's okay to use 90% bank financing when buying a business. I'm David C. Barnett, and you're tuned in to Small Business and Deal Making, the podcast, YouTube channel, and blog where I talk about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium sized businesses while controlling risk. So if you're looking to take control of your future through buying a business one day, or if you already own a business and you're looking to grow or exit, you've come to the right place. I talk about interesting things, I talk to interesting people, and I answer your questions every week right here. So be sure to hit like and be sure to hit subscribe, and let's get to it. Awesome. So Selena was watching a video that I put out uh, last year, uh, which is called Questions on Seller Financing, and I'll put a link to it in the notes and, and have it floating here on the YouTube screen. Um, and she asks, when is it okay to finance 90% of the deal through the bank or small business administration? Is it only when the business has enough assets to cover the loan? So let's, let's take this step by step, okay? So first of all, the SBA doesn't make loans. The SBA guarantees loans. And we're talking about the United States here. And what I think is interesting about this, I actually had two conversations this past week about this. What is interesting about this is because I help people in different countries, I can actually kind of share some perspective um, that many Americans may not um, be privy to. Because of course, when you're in the States and a lot of what's going on is using SBA loans, that's the milieu that you're in and that's what you see and that's what you believe the reality is. And so outside the United States, there are no SBAs. So in Canada here, for example, um, there is a government owned bank called the BDC, which will do certain types of deals that the regular commercial banks won't do, but not like the SBA. Basically, what the Small Business Administration will do is they'll look at the purchase price of a business and they'll lend, they'll guarantee a loan for a percentage of that purchase price. So what's wrong with that? Well, a Canadian bank, for example, will only lend a percentage of the tangible assets within the business being purchased because they're concerned about collateral. They're concerned about what might we have to go and do, what objects or things can we go and get? And even under that scenario, that there's a government guarantee program that they want to use too. So if you're looking at a business, and let's talk about two different businesses. Let's talk about a service business. And the classic example I like to use is a, a food court restaurant in a mall. Okay. And so you have leaseholds, you have kitchen equipment, et cetera, it costs a lot of money to build it out. Um, but if you ever had to try to remove that stuff, there's no value really apart from the stove or whatever. Right. So no real tangible assets, no real collateral. Uh, and if you compare that with a business like a foundation company, which might have trucks and backhoes and form sets and other equipment, you could have considerable value in the assets of that business. So let's assume that both of these businesses had the same purchase price. We're going to ignore what their earnings are. We're just going to assume they had the same purchase price. If you were going to buy that food court restaurant and you finance 90% of the purchase price, what would happen if things went wrong? Well, it, let's say that there was a global pandemic that closed shopping centers, right? Or something. Um, and all of a sudden you couldn't make those loan payments. Even though the government through the SBA had guaranteed that loan with the bank, they're going to want their payments. And ultimately you've also personally guaranteed that loan. So it doesn't matter what happens. It doesn't matter if you were lied to during the due diligence by the seller. It doesn't matter if circumstances dramatically change. 
once you've borrowed that money from the bank, you owe that money to the bank. And that SBA loan guarantee is only going to come into play after the bank has exhausted every possible way that they can try to come after you for the money. The SBA doesn't protect you. The SBA protects the bank. Okay. That their guarantee is to protect the bank, not you. So if you compare that with the foundation company, if you within that company, if you were going to buy that business for a hundred grand and there was, you know, eighty thousand dollars worth of equipment in there, if you borrowed 90% from a bank under an SBA guarantee and things went terribly wrong, presumably you could sell the equipment and get yourself out from under the majority of that bank debt. And so the riskiness in financing it in that way is greatly diminished. So earlier this week, I was having a conversation with one of the members of the Business Buyer Adventure Group Coaching Program, and he casually said, Dave, I know you're against high leverage. And it's not true. I'm not against high leverage. I'm against high leverage that doesn't give you any room to dance or wiggle after the deal is done. So let's think about this. In my Business Buyer uh, Advantage uh, program, there is a section on the qualities of debt. And so what do I mean by the qualities of debt? Well, you can borrow money from different places at different interest rates. The interest rate is a quality. The amortization is a quality. The guarantees associated with it are also qualities. And also your ability to renegotiate the debt after the fact is a quality. So we I talk a lot on this channel about seller notes. And one of the things that I say is that any seller financing should be subject to offset in the case of a material misrepresentation or an undisclosed or undiscovered lien or liability. Basically meaning that if there was any kind of um, dishonesty or lack of forthrightness or lack of communication during the purchase process or during due diligence, and it's discovered afterwards, you have an avenue to try to reduce the price you pay for the business after the deal has already been done through offsets against that seller note. So that quality in that debt, that seller note, the ability to offset problems that are discovered later is a huge advantage for a buyer, right? It's also a huge advantage for a seller. It, and a lot of sellers will say, you know, well, I want all cash. Well, if you want all cash, what buyers are going to do is they're going to discount every possible outcome of every possible risk to try to will you down to the lowest price, at which point they're comfortable living with all those risks. In deals that have more seller financing, buyers are willing to enter that deal with a lower standard of due diligence because they know they've got this mechanism that they can use after the fact. And so deals in which there's seller financing have uh, higher prices typically, uh, which is often what the seller is looking for. So, so let's talk about, you know, let's get, let's get back to this quality of debt thing. So the, the, the member of the group said, I know you're against high leverage. I'm not because it, whether you borrow from a bank or you borrow from a seller, it's still leverage, it's still debt. And that's one of the things that, you know, even in the video that came out a couple of weeks ago where Casio asked the question about the seller um, the business broker getting a commission when there's a seller note, the the note is debt. And so, you know, borrow as much as you want, as long as the cash flow is there, the demonstrated cash flow is there to be able to service those debts, leverage to your heart's content. Just be sure that you understand what risks are being taken. And so fundamentally, here's my problem with, with the SBA guarantee program is that if you look at any other bank in any other place around the world, or even American banks doing conventional lending, they're worried about what happens if the business fails. And one of the most 
untangible assets in your acquisition is the goodwill. Any amount of money over and above the value of the tangible assets that you pay for in the business. So if we look at that excavation business again, I said it had a $100,000 purchase price. There was 80,000 worth of equipment. That means the goodwill was 20 grand. Nobody can repossess the goodwill. And it's very easy for you to destroy it by misbehaving, treating the customers poorly, what have you. If the seller is financing some degree of that acquisition and they're financing, let's say the goodwill component, then the seller has an even bigger reason for wanting to stick around and coach you and advise you on how to properly run the business because they don't want that goodwill destroyed because they want you to be able to repay them. So they have an interest in seeing you be successful in the business. And they also know that if if other things should go wrong and they need to repossess the business, that the goodwill is going to be protected. It's going to be maintained. And the only way a seller can do that is through two, two means. Number one, choosing the right buyer. And number two, coaching, assisting, helping, guiding that buyer through the transition period so that they can be successful. So this, this is fundamental because one of the one of the things that I say in Business Buyer Advantage is that if a seller refuses to do any seller financing, one of the reasons that it could be is that they simply have no confidence in you. And we're talking about somebody who knows the business inside and out, very familiar with the business, very familiar with the industry, very familiar with the customers. And if they don't have any confidence in you, it can actually be a reason why you might not want to buy the business, right? Like listen to what they're saying between the lines kind of thing. So let, let's, let's, let's look at this from another point of view. If you find yourself in a situation where you're constantly competing to buy a business and everybody else who's bidding on the business is using 90% SBA financing, what the SBA guarantee is basically doing is it's, it's allowing the bank to treat that business as though it had the risk profile of a house. You can buy a house with 10% down. And what the SBA is saying is that you can buy a business with 10% down. There's no way on earth you can convince me that a small business has the same risk profile as a house. Clearly, the small business is riskier. And so what, what is happening? The loan guarantees are allowing a price level for these assets, these cash flows, their assets, that would probably not normally be arrived at if a normal credit market existed. Because you wouldn't be able, if you can buy a house with 10% down, you can't, you shouldn't be able to buy a business with 10% down. So that's, that's a policy decision. Okay. Somebody's made that choice for whatever reasons they have. And, and I've often said that SBA financing doesn't help people buy businesses. It helps people sell them. So if you find yourself in a market where every time a business comes up, you arrive at the plate and there are a bunch of other buyers all using maximum leverage with bank loans to give the seller maximum cash on closing. And that type of deal doesn't work for you because of the things you know and understand by watching my YouTube channel, for example, then you need to start asking yourself other questions. Why is it that I'm always arriving in this kind of scenario? Why am I always competing against other people who are willing to do things that I know are are risky, right? How is it that I'm not able to really work on a good deal in in a favorable fashion for me? And so what would that look like? It would look like meeting a seller, demonstrating your value as a buyer, 
demonstrating your capability to operate the business, having the seller agree that they believe that you are the ideal candidate to buy the business, and the two of you work out a deal. And I'm not talking about you pounding the seller for the absolute lowest price. I believe that deals should be done fairly. And what works for one party you know, in the deal, often we can adjust some of the terms of the deal so that it works equally well for the other party. Seller doesn't want to do seller financing. Okay, but what if the price is 20% higher, right? There, there are all kinds of levers that we can adjust to make the deal work out better for either party. And it's that collaborative coming together in a way that allows the seller to exit with maximum value and allows the buyer to get in when they are comfortable with the risks being taken. And they're comfortable that the business will be able to ultimately cover any debts that are incurred. That's your win-win scenario. And so it's not had by a buyer showing up where there's a feeding frenzy of buyers all trying to bid up the price of something that is seen as a scarce commodity. So you need to get around that. You need to avoid that competition, which means getting out there and creating those relationships with business owners who have businesses that you might want to buy before they actually arrive at the point where they want to exit, right? And that's how you avoid that. Anyway, thanks for the amazing question. Um, keep them coming. Um, so to answer your question briefly, yeah, yeah. Like I wouldn't do 90% SBA financing unless there were a lot of assets in the business. Uh, simply because when you sign that note with the bank, you owe all that money. And so I always like to say, what's the worst that could happen? And how would I deal with that? And if you're comfortable with that scenario, then you're probably okay. If, uh, you know, in the scenario of the contracting business, if you have more than enough assets to cover your bank debt and the seller note was only guaranteed by your entity, not personally, for example, then I'd be very comfortable getting into that deal. In the other case, the you know food court restaurant, there's not much in the way of assets. So I would want to have a lot of seller financing in that deal. Um, and maybe that deal isn't even gonna have a bank loan because from the seller's point of view as well, if you've got a bank loan in there, that bank is gonna be in first position lean against the business. And if there's going to be a lot of seller financing, what I've learned over the years is that most sellers, once they get their head around it and they understand why they're doing it in this way, they're going to want a deal where there's a big down payment. So not 10%, 20, 30, 40% down of the buyer's own money showing commitment and seriousness and a willingness to make this work, right? You want to demonstrate commitment and the ability to operate the business, have the seller carry the balance. And that way, if there is any problem and the seller needs to foreclose, they don't have to deal with a bank. They can just take the business back. And the only lender out there who can ever make any use of goodwill in a business that's being repossessed is somebody who knows how to run the business. And that means the seller. Anyway, thanks so much, everyone. Um, don't forget, if you want to buy a business in a risk-controlled way, sign up for my Business Buyer Advantage program over at businessbuyeradvantage.com. And with that, I'll see you later. I have a video here to exit. Where is that? Oh, yeah, here it is. Cheers. So how can you learn more about buying, selling, financing, and managing small and medium-sized businesses? Easy. Head over to my blog site, davidcbarnett.com, where you can learn more about me and how I work with my clients 
You can learn more about my books and the online courses that I've prepared for you. You can find out about how to subscribe to my email list, the YouTube playlists, etc. There's literally hundreds of hours of content there, all for free, and I'd love for you to be my guest. Special thanks go out to Jeff Alpaw Customs for being my tailor. Men all around the world can look dangerous, just like me, with the help of Jeff Alpaw Customs. JeffAlpaw.com. Use the code DCB10 to save. They handle multiple currencies and ship anywhere you happen to be.